CHP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode. Hello, you golfing legends, and welcome back to another episode of the original Off Course. I'm your host, Dan Edwards, and joining me this week once again is my good friend, Mr. Josh Babbitt. How are you, Josh? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Hey, we're closing in on Christmas. Uh, it started the snow here. Everything is great. <laughs> Everything is not snowing here. This is the final show of the year, by the way, so we have to make it a good one. <clears throat> well, usually when you come on, I have this big list of stuff, right? And then most of the time we ignore it all and we go yes. on whatever rabbit hole route you feel like during that day. Um, so I'm sort of curious about how your last couple weeks have been. We're fresh off a of granddaddy, um, which went great minus the score. Yes. And I think, uh, most of the teams recovered. We're, we're in the thread, having a good time chatting about it. What's it like for you coming back from granddaddy? Cause I feel like that sort of ends the year for THP experiences and gets you looking forward to 2024. Yeah. It's kind of like hop out of the fire, but into a fire. Um, coming back, it's always, you know, preparing for January, preparing for THP holiday cheer, which just wrapped up preparing for PGA show, which is right around the corner and all these releases coming out, kind of an education time period to learn about all the new equipment, learn about new processes, learn about everything. So it's kind of crazy, but I can't move past that without constantly reminiscing of what just took place and how amazing that was. Not a day goes by that I'm not sitting at my desk and I see a picture or something scroll through and I was like, oh, man, that was awesome. Again, minus the score. Yeah, I mean, it it, it looked like more like an exhibition, like a friendly. <laughs> between, I mean, it was <laughs> between like a high school team and like the national team. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's probably about right. But, you know, it, it's funny because most most years the storyline is about how ridiculous it is. And <clears throat> this year, I think a lot was built around gratitude and uh, being 10 years, it's a very interesting thing to say. It's continued and it's evolved and it was fun to see it firsthand how much things have changed. Um, I'm sort of curious. I know it's coming back. So do, do you see significant changes next year or do you think we've really found the secret sauce to a a, a wonderful experience no there'll be changes you know i i've already started talking with jason uh jason finley at galloway about some changes and some ideas uh but it was pretty awesome and you could run it back just like this a million times and it would still be amazing but that's not the way they do things and it's always about improving and it's sometimes the most subtle and little things that improve or change, but everything about it was kind of perfect this time. Minus the score <laughs> again. Would you stop mentioning the score? Holy. I, I can't help it. So but no, you know, again, that's not really the, the storyline. I know it is on THP and the thread moves crazy fast. Mm. And I've gone through and read the whole thing again twice now. Um, but Every facet of this thing from beginning to end is so well planned that you kind of want to relive it as many times as possible, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about our day together in the golf course, if Oof. you will. So 
Josh and I've, Josh and I have paired up together in experiences before. It's usually gone somewhere between okay and pretty terrible. <laughs> this time around, I feel like we had a lot of the things we needed, with the exception of a caddy that could read putts. Well, y- you said it. Yeah, um, I'm still not over that for the record, <clears throat> but the putts just would not fall. We both hit putts that went dead in the heart of the cup and bounced out with yes. a big middle finger. And and we lost both of our nine hole matches by a hole. Yes. Which would have been that hole, right? So I want to know your personal opinion. Are we like doomed to never succeed together? Or are we just, are we waiting for that moment to really find it and begin our story? That's an interesting thought because we played pretty darn good. We we the first hole together in Shamble, we played like hot garbage, but Second that's hole. kind of being mean to hot garbage. Second hole. Second hole. Yeah. After that, we played well. We were in the fairway every hole. We had putts at the most of the time birdie putts every hole. Mm-hmm. We just didn't make any. And we lost one down to two mm. golfers that are both low single-digit handicaps. I thought we played that one pretty well. We should have won that match, but I thought we played that one well. The second nine, I thought we played exceptional. We were under par in best ball, um, difficult golf course, even made a couple of putts, a couple. We missed most, but we made a couple. <laughs> um, and they made two long ones on us, and it was the difference in winning the match. That it, Those both sting. And... It stings because normally when we play together, I play like absolute shit and you play pretty well and I just kind of hold you back. And this time it wasn't really the case, at least from my perspective. I thought we both played pretty well. Um, We just, the the bounces didn't go our way when it came to putting, especially with two reads from our caddy where they weren't just slightly off. They broke the other way. Okay, so... This is this is exactly what I was expecting. We're going on a totally different <laughs> direction in our chat. But I, I think it's a curious one because so the first hole, I got a read and it went the other direction. <clears throat> the second hole, I got a read and I ignored it and it went the other direction. The third hole, I got a read. And, it, and at that point, it's like, what do you do? Because there's yeah, no... Well, because that way... You- you're also second guessing your own mind yeah. at that point. So there's no faith and you're in a match. Um, and at I think at that point, I, I came to the cart and asked you, like, can we just tell him to leave us alone? <laughs> and I told you I already have. I told him I have it at, when he comes over to read the putt each time. Well, and you said, just don't listen, but it would be rude to tell him that. <laughs> so so it's it's a question I have. It I guess it's twofold. First of all, not normally do people have a caddy, at least in the amateur golfing space, right? So you're in an extraordinary situation to begin with. You're added on the component of someone providing you with additional information you didn't know you would or wouldn't want. And then <clears throat> you have to perform based on that after going through the entire year where you just trust your own lines and you trust. And, and I think confidence in putting is probably one of the most critical things that exists. I mean, there's a lot of pieces into it, but if you have no confidence, the likelihood of you succeeding is pretty low. So how do you deal with things like that? Like what I know you have caddies for a number of the THP experiences through different dormy 
uh, courses. So you've seen this a lot. You're probably more experienced with it than I would be. We certainly are. So what the, what is that like for you? Caddy to caddy, course to course, confidence to confidence. You know, I'll I'll say caddies make mistakes. I mean, it happens. There's no way to have every single putt right. There's also no way that most amateur golfers are going to hit it where they tell you to hit it anyway. Um, I've learned to trust my own line and get confirmation from them. Mm. Um, day two, I was doing mm. that. I made a couple of putts that I normally those aren't those don't go in. I made a, two, a twenty footer and a good fifteen footer for birdie to actually give me a lead against a really good player and AT um, who's a guest a couple of weeks ago here. But when it comes to using caddies, you still, I, I always say this, like it's like people forget how to play golf and to read their putts. If you're a good putter and you are trust your line, get confirmation from him. If he is, or she is adamant about where that thing goes, trust him at least for a few times. They're going to know the course better than we are. Obviously, um, but if you really believe in your heart or in your mind that it's going a certain way, you gotta you gotta play it to your mind because otherwise, like you said, you second guess everything at that point after one or two bad reads. Our caddy wasn't as bad as Dan and I are actually making it sound. <laughs> it just so happens that <clears throat> on a few early reads, it was wrong. He actually gave a great read to one of our opponents, Zach Irons. Uh, social media Callaway and he dropped a 25 footer on us for birdie on the 18th hole. And he thought Zach thought it was going a different direction. So I think like mistakes are made, but you have to go in and trust your judgment. If you walk up to the green and you're just standing there um, playing twiddle fuck or whatever you're doing, excuse my French waiting for the caddy to come over and tell you where to hit it. You're going to have a long day and you're going to be unsuccessful. I think twiddle fuck might be the word of the day. You stole it from me. And it's still early. So, so yeah, I think I think that's a, a fair play. Like it's it's not certainly not a, a point of the caddy, and that's why I simply said the first hole did one thing, the second hole did another thing. It, it you almost end up ignoring the next sixteen from a confidence perspective because no differently than being fresh on the golf course, this person is fresh to you as well. Correct. You and know. I think I also think that there's a personality to it too. Mm-hmm. If they miss one and they're like, "Hey, man, I missed it," you know, we'll get them on the next one. There's something yeah. there. If it's like a snub, like, oh, well, you made a mistake, not me. Right. That will kind of linger a little longer. Um, I had a caddy out at Briggs Ranch, and on the first hold, I was convinced it was going right. They were convinced, like, adamant it was going left. And he's like, trust me on this one. And I was right. He was wrong. And he came up to me before we even teed off on the next one. He's like, you had it. It, You know, the grain was saying something different. You had it. I won't make the mistake again. Obviously they're going to make mistakes. They're, they're caddies. Like they're golfers, just like all of us. They just know the course better. And he was dead on for the rest of the round. So I didn't want to kind of miss that opportunity, but I think caddies are, are going to make mistakes. If they don't, they are, uh, should be on the PGA tour. (laughs) Well, I had, I had a caddy at, and I'm going to name drop one of the very few special courses I've got to play. I went and played Valhalla and that course is, loaded with breaks you really can't see and i thought that was a phenomenal experience because he's i had a caddy who said look this is what this green does and he sort of walks through it before we even get to the ball and then we get up there and i don't see it and he's like you just believe me i've seen this before it's going this way and it does and it's like man that is really cool so i want to i want to 
adds secondary to while I sit here and blast caddies, it's amazing when they do get it right because you genuinely can't see it, but their experience alone uh, confirms and tells the story of this golf course that's been there for a long time. I think that's really cool. I, sort of what you're saying, the the quality comes in when they know what the what the course is doing, not just from a visual perspective, but that super subtle stuff. I, I love seeing that. Yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to two caddies at Ballyhack Golf Club, <clears throat> Ray and Tom. I've played with those guys a lot, and I've yet to come across a break they didn't know. They know every inch of that golf course, and I've yet to come across something that they had wrong. Um, and it's absolute, you know, when you play a course like that with crazy undulation and greens, and then also subtle things you might not see, um, it is it it elevates an experience unlike anything else on a golf course just learning about it and the conversation around the the course along with the getting the greens and everything right i want to ask you a question about golf are you ready for it i am so <clears throat> being that you are completely and utterly exposed to the game every day all day in, in many cases all night in many cases, early, early in the morning, there is a certain level of burnout that exists. Um, <clears throat> I think the amount of play you've had over the last couple of years has encouraged you to fall back in love with playing the game, not just being around it. Uh, my question to you is, when you hit a, a special shot, a memorable shot, or have a memorable recovery, does that reinforce this return to passion for the game? Oh, that's a tough question. You almost had a bunch of dead air there. Um, <laughs> no, I think it does for a lot of people. I always think of that memorable shot, that one shot that brings you back. You know, a guy has a bad round and then puts one tight on 18. That's what, you know, it, it's amazing. I fell back in love with the game, visiting a golf course that kind of changed my love of shot making. Good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and then I, I've played some rounds where there was nothing there but just pure fun. No worry about skill level, no worry about anything, and it brought a passion back to it because I am, like you said, in it all day, every day, from 4.30 in the morning till I go to sleep at night, which last night was 9.30. That's how early it was. But That's late for you. Not really, but... Um, <laughs> I could see how those shots bring someone back. I'll, I'll give you an example, and I'm going to put you on blast and on the spot here. Uh, your golf game is different than most. You hit it further. You are a much better golfer than most people who play the game. Your issue with the driver ha has been documented on this show by yourself and others. Mm -hmm. You hit a drive when we were out at the granddaddy at uh, the hideaway and you turned around to pick up your tea and you were just smiling. And I don't know if you noticed it. I don't know if anybody else noticed it, but there was a moment in time that kind of stood still with like, Oh shit, he's back. He loves this game. <laughs> again. And I understand you have to go back to that shitty state of Ohio. Um, and not play for a while. I mean, you might be able to, you'll get out here and there, I'm sure, as the weather, you know, turns. But that's, those are those things that just stand out to me from the outside looking in for different people. 
I think that was a bunch of rambling and word salad, but that's what no, I know. It's, it's good. Um, I, I was trying to pair it between the two of us because, you know, you, there's definitely a change in everyone's golf game as they go through life and what might be easy one year is challenging another. And I think you used a nice example on me. <clears throat> what I experienced was you, you had this ridiculously terrible lie uh on the right side of five and i'm I'm on the left side of the green what's that i'm bad with the whole numbers okay yeah so i'm on the left side of the green um chipping down it's a tough chip and josh is on the right side underneath the green like below the green level on the right side in a bunker with like a no stance and he hits this ridiculous shot out of the bunker that hits the green and you can tell it's one of those shots that he didn't have anything because the ball didn't know which way to spin when it landed on the green. So you can tell it's disaster turning into something. And then he makes this, you know, 15 foot putt. And, and I, I think to myself, the, the assassin that was JB in 2014, that everyone was afraid to play around the greens is back. And I saw it in your face. There was this level of determination. And this includes our, our opponents, having a five footer and missing it for birdie. So we split the hole and it was a huge hole to split because we only had two left in our nine. All those things together. I I've had to think at that moment, you felt similar to the way I do with the driver where, you know, not all your rounds are going to be super impressive, but then you hit some of these shots. You're like, dude, I have got this. I still have this. And that was awesome. Yeah. I think there is some of that out there. Um, you know, the downfall is when your swing looks like a folding lawn chair at times, um, you have those rounds where that's the only good shot you hit and you have to hit it because you've missed every other shot. Um, but again, that goes back to the thing. It's what pulls you back in. And yeah, that one right there, I never had a good golf game. I always had a really good short game until about three years ago where I didn't have that either. Um, Playing a little more has brought that back, but also, um, so this sounds so business and I don't mean it that way, but there are companies making serious innovation in wedges and it goes unnoticed a lot from the sky fisters of the world screaming, a wedge is a wedge is a wedge when it could not be further from the truth. Go back and grab a wedge from 30 years ago and grab one today. They don't even look alike. Um, from the sole, from the top line, from where the weights play, like nothing about them looks similar. So with that comes out is I do a lot of testing with it and testing, and I'm doing finger quotes on a podcast. Um, testing is code word for practice, I guess you could say, and reading the data and seeing what it's doing. And then you learn how things react off a club face and it all goes into one. And all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, I can actually play the game again. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of the thrill and and I think it it sort of adds a more human element to the experience of being around the product all the time. It's you're actually seeing some results based on the activity you're putting in that that is a part of what you do on a daily basis. So I don't know, man. It's been fun watching you play more because it does add those little small bits to it that you wouldn't normally probably get to feel or experience. But this has been a couple years for you now. You, you've been playing a lot more golf for a couple years now, which is good, right? Yeah, I think so. I always still have that fear that I, I feel like I'm taking a spot away. 
and that coverage isn't quite the same because I'm playing instead of, uh, you know, following people around and posting. And I, I always enjoyed the, the hell out of that. But I, I do enjoy it. And, you know, I'm it's humbling the courses we get to go play and things like that. A at the same time, there's still that moment where I'm competing and I'm just like, man, this should be somebody else. Okay. But I want to go back to the last time I was on this show. A lot of this changed with that golf tech lesson. Okay. A lot of it did. My okay. swing evaluation. A lot of it did. And it's going to continue in January and February. That's what I, I was going to ask, but uh, that's beautiful. I'm glad yeah. to hear it. Let's yeah. talk about 24 from a release perspective. Because okay. we've seen a lot of products. Um, we've also seen some product that has yet to be released or maybe hanging out on a um, conforming list or whatever. What are you seeing for 24? What does it look like for golfers? Uh, it's actually a strong year. Last year was a strong year for drivers, but more so kind of situated in different pockets. Um, this year is a strong year, especially in certain categories. The golf ball category is huge this year. There's going to be major strides made in the golf ball category. Uh, the wedge category looks interesting as we go through the year. The putter category is in, is going to be insane this coming year. Uh, already has been a little bit with the AI one dropping and more coming later on that. Um, I get pretty antsy at this time of year. There's one thing that stands out to me though, is being noticed. If you are a smaller brand or not even a smaller brand, a mid-sized brand or even a large brand, how do you stand out at launch? I'll ask you, you follow all this. How how does a Cobra Golf stand out at launch or a Wilson or a Torridge or a Mizuno when these large companies are putting out mass amounts of products? That's a hard question, right? Because there was a time when tour validation meant everything, but the tour is in such disarray right now that, at least for me personally, I'm not particularly concerned what they're doing out there. Um, You're not alone then, in that feeling. And, and then there's that other side of okay how are they telling their story <clears throat> what i like about my position is i have enough accessibility to the product where i can get a chance to understand some of the technology that exists uh for example we, we went through a presentation a couple weeks ago and 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 my thought stepping away with it is i'm so glad we're in some of these companies are past the part where they're simply making distance claims against nothing um there's statistics there's uh user generated data there's actual factual data to stand by the numbers they're presenting which i i think is a huge win and and maybe that's the differentiator for me is it's not necessarily like the claims that exist it's how do you validate that prior to going to market so that golfers can say there's a good chance I'm going to experience the same thing, not just this assumption based on a robot. That's a really good point. And, you know, again, I'll, I'll circle back to the, the old man yelling at cloud person who's online who screams, oh, they're just saying 10 yards further. That shit really <clears throat> hasn't been done in a while. Um, we saw and have seen a lot of the media presentations from a lot of the companies, and most of them are using 
real world information that is easily testable by golfers. Um, I'll use one without saying a company's name that we saw about a plus X amount of yards when hit on the toe. And the comparison was to last year's driver. It wasn't from one seven years ago. It wasn't from one testing at 175 mile an hour club head speed and 260 mile an hour ball speed. It was literally last year's driver in the hands of an average golfer. And that was pretty wild. Um, and exceptional, I might say. But we're going to see more of that, and I think you're going to see more of it through the companies that want that are are loud, but also from everybody, because golfers and information is so at our fingertips. The idea of just screaming it's all marketing or the idea of screaming it's all tech, like none of that has to matter anymore. It's a easily accessible. It's easily testable. Is testable a word? I think it, it's a word. It is now. Yeah. Anybody who wants to find out if the information is true can go to any golf store and have the data directly in front of them, which is wild when you think about it. So I'll I'll throw that back at you. And I remember 17 yards here, you know, oh, being like the, the baseline for the joke that has existed for the last decade. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what I think is most impressive is when a company can create a marketing story or a tech story that carries over onto the golf course. So something happens to a product and make contact in a certain way. And they say, well, you know, this part of the technology that we're being told exists here, just save me. You know what I mean? And I know we can't talk about some of that stuff yet, but we yes. actually saw one in action off my club head. Yeah. And it was quickly pointed out with blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, that's to me, that's the big kicker. If it's like just a random commercial with a bunch of nonsense created, you're never going to be able to relate to it on the golf course. And I think the big win in a lot of ways, and, and I'll I'll do this to uh, use a golf ball as an example. If you hit a golf ball that has whatever tech built into it that they say green side in the wet, you're likely to spin the ball better, just to use an example and you hit a wedge shot by the green, and it bites real hard and grabs and stops, you can say, there's that tech they're talking about. There's a, well, HydroCore is a good example. Like, uh, you know, something like that, where it's, I guess that's a bad example. <laughs> I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, so they, they say this exists in the ball, and it's going to save you in this condition, and then it happens. You can relate to that tech, right? I, I yeah. think tech relatability has probably got to be one of the biggest things from, an industry that's becoming a lot more tech savvy from the user base. I'm going to throw the ultimate uh, curveball at you right now and completely derail this show worse than it already is. Um, golf ball tech is the ultimate Schrodinger's cat. And for those that know what Schrodinger's cat is, you'll get the gist of it. If you don't, it's if a cat is inside a box, I'm throwing a generalization. If a cat is inside the box, it's both dead and alive because you don't know until the box is opened. Um, someone telling you what's in a golf ball, it's pure blind faith, is it not? Yes, absolutely. So you have to trust the fact, and this is where I go back to, you know, where are you buying your golf balls from? you have to believe that the company that produces the golf balls are also testing and doing all these other things. 
And your idea of the golf ball is a perfect example. There are companies out there doing crazy things with golf balls coming up in the near future. Um, if you see it work, you believe. And I think that that is one of the most passionate and fun things about golf is, and now again, the accessibility of data, this golf ball spins more. Okay, let's find out. And you can do it anywhere. This ball, golf ball is longer. Okay, great. Let's go find out. We can do it anywhere. Like those things, the marketing behind golf products much harder now, but the the testing and ability of data and golfer satisfaction is so easy now that the anger that comes from releases should just go away. If it doesn't work, just don't buy it. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yes, it does. Uh, but because validation to... is so mm. easy to find out. So I was trying to bounce that back to the the average consumer that either buys in or doesn't. And I'm thinking of things like jailbreak, for example. You know, that's such a vis visible thing. And it's hard to test because you either have jailbreak or you don't. And then head to head, it's slightly different. But, you know, in a lot of ways, it's the sum of all parts. Mm -hmm. so you have to understand that jailbreak isn't going to be like exponentially different than the next head without it from a different company because technically the heads are different in total so there's right. gonna they're gonna operate in different situations but i think when you see something like jailbreak and you consider the technology that exists the idea that exists there it makes a lot of sense so people sort of get wrapped up in it they hit a bomb they're like oh there's that jailbreak working for me again pounding letting that face pound the ball um you know that those are the interesting things where whereas ball as you mentioned even if you do understand ball technology really the only thing you get to look at is the dimple pattern right mm -hmm. which is also ironically mm. enough the most underthought of thing on a golf ball and it should be seriously considered well when we look at uh, i'll use uh titles as an example they have pro v and then they have avx a different dimple pattern very visual um and and they they sell the story on both sides of it right whereas you have I'll, I'll use a different example just because it's such a unique golf ball tailor-made has its own dimple pattern and actually has some separation within that dimple pattern so there is a, a real deviance in the presentation uh ball to ball so i think i think golfers get a chance to say like what 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 works for me what looks good for me but also what performs for me um and it's a little bit easier on the outside but then you look at the inside and it's just it's circles with colors, right? Like, let's right. be honest. <laughs> it's funny because you're kind of veering towards, you know, does visual technology be a thing? You know, you saw the body with jailbreak as your example. You saw that jailbreak was inside there by what you saw on the soul. And I'll, I'll ask a question because it was posted on our forum and I kind of got a chuckle about it because someone found images of a upcoming driver and they're like oh look it looks like an adams driver it's like first of all it looks nothing like that but second of all is the only way as i hit the microphone is the only way to have that those kind of posts not exist just to make an all-black crown because couldn't you say that every titleist and ping driver for the la up until this year for the last fucking 50 years looks exactly the same yeah on the crown? Like uh, it, I, literally it's just a black crown. I, I do find crown comparisons interesting because there's only so much you can do. Right. Um, it's you either has carbon fiber that goes towards a piece of metal at the front 
or it's all black or fill in the blank color. That's why I always laugh at those kind of comments because, oh, it looks like this. Well, if it's all black, it looks just like a Titleist and Ping because they're the ones who didn't use carbon fiber because it wasn't a savior up until the last couple of years. Yeah, there, there does seem to be... Well, I won't get into the fact that people simply don't like product or don't like companies and, and choose yeah, to... Yeah, that's not what I was speaking of, yeah, and I, I'll, I know I'll, what you're saying. I'll, I'll throw that part away. It's, it's funny because there these companies have to work within a fairly small window of visual design that allows golfers to feel like they're playing something different, but it's not enough to turn someone away. And, and I'll use an example like uh, Mizuno when they had the blue crown on their driver. First of all, I thought it was amazing. Anyone who doesn't like a blue crown is out of their damn minds. They but, did it well. But you are definitely taking a chance by making a driver that looks different than every other driver in the market. Uh, back when, was it? It wasn't Adams. It was, uh, who had the, was it Adams that had the gray heads? The speed lines? Yeah, well, they did, um, Mizuno did as well with the JPX line with the gray with the blue highlights mm. on there. But like full on like light gray, it's a big step away. X-Hot was a light gray. You you take a chance by being different, especially on the crown, right? So there there is a level of uniformity that's almost expected at that upper premium tour level head. Agreed. So, I mean, what can you do? But the other part is and and I think this is missed and one thing in that comparison I noticed is the head that was in comparison had um, a, a notable wrap that surrounded it with metal, whereas in, in this driver that's been sampled uh, that I'm not technically speaking about, you don't have that on the way around. So you have the comparison of visual carbon fiber and a metal front side of the head, which is like, like every, every driver. other driver on the market. <laughs> yeah. So I had a good laugh at that, but... You know, I, I think uh, that's a great example to where people see what they want to see. So how do you convince yeah, them otherwise? I think so. And it goes back to the, the thing with all of the early adoption pictures. They're all going to be the least flattering images on the planet because they're not supposed to be taken. Yeah. You know I, I, I mean? remember when Paradigm first came out, people really freaked out because... It was blue. Well... So it, it is it was blue, but the pictures they took were in extreme sunlight in the most the most impactful angle they could to get the blue out. When in reality, I played the paradigm all last year and almost forgot it was blue because it's such a deep, dark blue that in most conditions you don't see it really pop out. It looks mostly black. We saw that when we when Callaway released the Great Big Bertha. And everybody's like, it's green. They released a green driver when in actuality, the driver is silver. It just has a hint of that yellowish green tint. If you mm -hmm. hold it up in the exact right sunlight and shade, it kind of comes out. Um, and I feel like that that was the same way with a couple of releases over the past year where, you know, when you looked at it at a certain angle in a still image, you were like, oh, wait, there's that tint of color or something like that. When in reality, when you set it down, it looks like a pretty traditional driver head, modern traditional. That's funny, man. It's it's always interesting this time of year for me because I'm sitting bored in Ohio waiting for you know time to move forward. And I, I just get a chance to see the reactions that people have before hitting a product, before learning about it, before seeing better photos of it. P 
people are so eager to see it and comment on it for the first time. That's something I really don't and never really will understand. I would agree with you. And I'm going to quickly put an end point to this because it's your last show of the year. And we got some questions for you. We can come back to the conversation afterward, but it all <laughs> okay. relates to what we've been talking about. Okay. Um, are there brands that aren't heavily discussed coming out in 2024 that you're genuinely excited to see and test? You don't have to name them, but it would help. Yeah, you. I mean, absolutely. Um, I've seen suggestions of things coming out that I'll be surprised if they're at the forefront of the discussion. I've seen companies um, who have product out there who aren't currently in the discussion because they're already out there. It seems to be a really mixed bag of exciting product for 24. I, I think the most interesting thing for me is definitely uh, leaning towards that who's got the most exciting technology this year and how does that perform for every golfer? That's that's what I want to see. What is... I love being the interviewer here. Yeah, this is weird. What is the one technology that is super impactful that falls by the wayside. Like we, we were talking about this on a previous uh, discussion that was not public um, things like aerodynamics or pure speed. Like what is the one thing that is going to be discussed that you think is just in one ear and out the other of consumers? Um, one of the things that drives me crazy is people get so wrapped up in performance technology on the button that it, the, I, I think forgiveness in a practical sense is regularly overlooked. And, and I'm going to use that as a blanket statement to say, I, I think people would do so much better to stop worrying about who's longest or who's got the fastest driver and start worrying about how does that apply to me? And again, this is about, getting fit properly and and I'll, I'll use the example of someone i just finished speaking to the other day about it it doesn't matter how far a product goes on in the middle of the head and when you go and experience these stop worrying about how far it goes when you hit it the best i want you to tell me when you hit it the worst or when you hit it mediocre how far that ball is going that i think is severely uh ignored by a lot of golfers because we don't hit the middle of the head every time so why why is that the only performance aspect we consider? Well, how would you get the clickbait videos of this driver's just as long as the one from 1996 if you were to talk like that? Yeah, I watched a video recently where they compared two driver heads, a current one and one that was built, I don't know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And not only was it still obviously way more efficient currently, they didn't have the same shaft in it, which I think was a huge miss. The other one was shorter and steel. And they also said when they were swinging it, they felt like they had to be more careful. So you're already throwing away that apples to apples comparison because you're Sounds swinging scientific. in a totally different way to try and get performance out of a head. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have enough time in this recording to talk <laughs> about how frustrating those videos are because I was thrilled to see the title. Uh, and then I um, watched it and I was like, what's the point? <laughs> I'm going to throw out another one to answer my own question I asked you, which is the the term MOI, <clears> which has okay. become a blanket statement on forgiveness. And it's a com 
complete nonsensical term as it relates to golfers. Once you're at a certain number, it's not going to change all that much. I mean, it matters. And I want to preface this by saying it matters, but going from 9,700 to 10,000 or any, these are added elements of a club head that reduce twist a, like it's they've, they've, beaten it some companies have beaten it into a dead horse that it's the blanket term for forgiveness and it's just not um what is the one area of your bag coming into 2024 that you're most excited about and why um wow for from what angle for personal well for it's hard right so i just went and got fit for new clubs and I ended up in a very similar set than I normally would with uh, a one iron that sort of saves me in every, in every possible way that um, that is a crutch I'm, I'm really tired of using. So in, in a lot of ways it, it will be the driver until I have it solved. And I, I saw, do you think you solved it? I think I know what the issue is. Um, I, I think there's a lot going on to get there but when it's good it's good i mean 170 mile an hour ball speed for a nearly 40 year old is very satisfying to see so it's hard to ignore so yeah number of levels first the ball speed number second the age well i'm gonna i'm gonna chase it not not your age but i'm gonna chase better because in a lot of ways that is and was an an identity i loved having and yeah i'd rather not be the the utility guy (laughs) When we've done a lot of content together, and this will be my final question before we can go back into a conversation, if we still have anything to talk about, um, you were always the, I choose my golf ball to reduce spin and get Mm -hmm. distance that way guy. I mean, the whole, if you play a soft ball, it's going to be shorter. is just fucking bullshit. Excuse my French. Um, And we've done many a video showing the data and breaking that down as to why. How much has technology changed that's kind of blown your mind that you can actually get speed and low spin together? Well, I, I think using the Srixon ZX4 iron in a lot of tests we did proved that pretty quickly. Yeah. We had we had balls and I was very quick to pick certain products when we would hit that for videos because I knew that would be a product that would normalize my spin in a lot of ways. Um I, I think the We've seen different irons. I think Paradigm is a good example um, where you can have performance and low spin at the same time and uh, from an iron perspective. So to my to my thoughts on that, I, I think I've made a lot of decisions at the top of the bag that represents this um, this sort of normalized or lower spin potential. But I don't think that's really ever impacted my decision to stay on that softer golf ball that uh that lower spin golf ball I, I just think it's a really good place to be um have you decided on a golf ball for 2024 <laughs> maybe do you want to talk about it <laughs> we can i no, mean I obviously if it's a 2024 <clears throat> product we can't talk about it in detail yet but well i i have a lot of assumptions um yeah i mean there's there's uh that what ball did you play all of most of 2023? Most of 23, I think, was between Chrome Soft and LS. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I had a pretty nice stock of it due to our our Goat Cup experience, and had purchased some as well. So uh, I never really made my way all the way through those. Um, 
but I found that to be a, a pretty exceptional golf ball. And I didn't feel like I was losing a lot. And then, um, you know, I had some fun chats about the unobtainium that is uh, left dot pro V one, which is a little bit better fit for me than let's say an ABX. But uh, you know, hopefully that line expands a bit more so we can see some products that are like that. I, I don't think I'm ready to step away from lower spin just to get small benefits elsewhere. I, I think I'd love that golf has that component to it right now that you can have your own swing. And I, you know me, I've been a massive proponent of swing your own swing. And if that means it's a high spin swing, then let's get a low spin ball. Yeah. What, going back to it, since you didn't really answer it, uh, what will you be playing in 2024? Well, based on what I've seen, and I mean, I still have some stock, I've got good reason to play Callaway golf balls in 24. I don't see okay. why I wouldn't. So unreleased product, but you're going to, are you sticking in the, the low, the softer ball? Do you, I, I don't, what's the best way to say it? If a, if a company makes three or four different golf balls, where are you in the, the mix of slow or <clears> slow, <throat> soft versus firm? Are you in the middle now? Yeah, I don't, I don't think. I don't I don't think most companies produce a mid firmness golf ball that would suit my game the best. Okay. Um and just using current line, if I'm in Bridgestone, the likelihood of me playing Tour BRX is very high because it, it does what I need it to do. Um in current line, there were definite benefits from LS from uh Callaway, but I tended to lean toward Chromesoft because again it's those small components of it. Like, Hey, if I get into a little bit of wind or if a gust of wind shows up, I want the ball. that's going to cut through it. Not the ball. that's going to go above it. That makes sense. You know, um, obviously PGA shows right around the corner and we're going to see all these products and be able to talk about them. We'll be able to talk about a number of these products beforehand. Um, as a person who doesn't do the show this year and you've been to many of them, mm -hmm. what are you most looking forward to like learning about if there is anything? So PGA shows changed a lot, right? You, you used to be a huge release experience and now it's like almost validation. It's interviews, it's discussions with, I remember sitting there with Yagley in a loud Cobra booth talking through, I think it was uh, speed zone technology. Um, it was either speed zone or F9. That's right. It was definitely post F9, but, okay. <clears throat> and, and just being excited to connect with them and better understand their product. I think, we went through a couple years where it was like, what's the new uh, technology craze that's going to come out or golf uh, uh, bags or, you know, whatever it might be. I think the, the fun thing for me, especially when I follow along from home is what, what new story can be told in a slightly different way that helps golfers understand it. That that's always interesting to me. That is an interesting thing. And I think the home golf segment is booming unlike anything before and the technology segment where, you know, we used to see this when let's say when iPhone breached about iPhone four, every year there were like massive changes. Um, we're seeing that kind of with the boom in the tech side of golf, be it rangefinder, GPS watches, uh, home launch monitors, things like that, where every year it's like these massive things, be it hardware, software, and I think that that's going to be such a big part of the PGA show experience now because it's very interactive for people who go. So, okay, let me let me challenge that. So there is there was a time when getting a 
a range finder was a finite decision. You either had a really crappy one or you had or a bushnell or you had a bushnell or you know something of that level. Yeah. Now it's like Josh, if you really feel like it, let's go to market with a new rangefinder in two weeks. And we probably could do that, right? I definitely could, yes. Yeah. So the accessibility of that product based on the the sort of tech forward reality of that portion of golf has been a really interesting one to follow. I'm wondering, because of companies like Rapsodo, who are coming out with products uh, from the launch monitor perspective that are actually very feasible and functional for golfers. Or is that the next tech boom in golf is that everyone starts to find ways to introduce launch monitors at a very, very affordable price that have a sort of escalating level of quality as you go into. That's an interesting question. I would say, you know, yes, to a degree. Um, part of this you know, flight scope for years was considered the entry level bargain basement launch monitor with the Mevo, and that thing's a freaking turd. Um, indoors, I should, I need to preface this with indoors. We've both seen the struggles with the Mevo indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, that segment is geared towards camera based systems, and they've been dominated by uh, Foresight and Skytrack and now rap soto and where will that lead you know you don't need a ton of space the garage sim crew is real pull your car out throw a net in there and you could literally be practicing regardless of climate for as long as you want um i think there's something to this and i think as tech improves even further we're going to see not just practicing but instruction go that way and that eliminates the number one thing that I've always said about instruction, which is and fitting, which is one of the biggest drawbacks to it is you have to swing in front of somebody you don't know. And golfers don't like that. They like familiarity. They like playing with their own group. They like all these things that are still kind of the same. Golfers fear change. I get all that. And I agree with <clears> them. <throat> that would eliminate all of that. And it wouldn't be the entire hey, let's get an instruction from YouTube or a book and work on these illustrations. It would literally be real instruction. And I think we're getting really close to that. Forget just playing sim golf. That's awesome. But being able to get better while doing it is pretty crazy to think about. And doing it for a bargain. So you said, and and I love the direction you're going in, but you said forget sim golf. And and I know you're just saying that in that that portion of your commentary. But what I was thinking about was as we continue to socialize the game, the idea of having either same simulator software or a variance of simulator software that all connects into one singular path. And now you can connect with your buddies. So Garage Sim Crew is now uh, Garage Sim Community where you join up and play. No, I'm just kidding. You join up and play rounds with other golfers around or someone like maybe even down the street or in the next state over or Hey, you jump on THP and say, Hey, who wants to play around at St. Andrews? And you jump on your simulator together and you see each other play. Like to me, that is such an interesting component. I'm a pretty uh, open book, transparent guy. When it comes to this, I had a conversation with multiple launch monitor companies over the last month where this has been a discussion. And I'm not saying from them saying we're bringing this. I'm saying from me saying this is the winner. Why aren't you bringing this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the winning company, if there is a battle, and I'm not even saying there is, because every launch monitor is kind of at a different price point. 
um, except the Garmin R10, and <clears throat> that thing's that thing makes turd look good. Um, the winning company is the one that creates community around it, and yeah. whether or not that's having a support community like a THP or starting their own or even it being a giant Facebook group, God help us all. Um, that is the winning formula where you can do sim golf with friends while they're each in their garage, 12 States over and possibly, and I'm going to take this a step further being able to gamble on it. <laughs> oh yeah. That's crazy. Could you imagine if you were, and this stuff exists to a degree, like TrackMan has things like that, like the TrackMan tour, that thing's horrible. Um, I, I, I'm speaking out of turn, but it's, it's not well done. Um, could you imagine if you had a chance and I don't mean joining a global tour. I mean, let's say you had a league set up on fill in the blank foresight, sky track, whatever it is with 12 of your buddies from THP and you could hop on there on a Wednesday night and do a closest to the pin and everybody puts in a dollar. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. Well, it's I, not done right now. The, the funny part is it, it's running along a parallel to other things that exist that are online and digital. Um, you mean PlayStation and Live? And yeah, Xbox I mean, Live and they, exactly. It should exist because of that. The the idea that you don't need to use a joystick, uh, you can play, you know, Tiger Woods golf or a joystick, Josh. Oh, okay. Um, a controller. That the thing I had in an Atari with the one button and yeah, button. exactly. Okay. I, was, I was trying to get to your uh, your generation of people. No. <laughs> Instead of using a controller, you can use your actual clubs. Yeah. It, it cannot be that hard to implement. It, no. Especially when you have a golf club. It's not company. cheap, though, for what it's worth. It's not cheap. But thinking about this just casually, there is the, the, there's a golf game called The Golf Club, and I don't know how it's changed over the last couple of years. I know there was some interact, integration into these units, but they have online multiplayer in through the PlayStation or through the the xbox so the idea that you could incorporate that just simply by having a wi-fi is entirely realistic and it doesn't oh. need to be video based it can just be um shots on the screen shots on the screen yeah i mean it, yeah. it's and all there to be to be fair some of that exists now but if a company can do this right and whether that skytrack seems to be the, at the forefront at most of the ui the user interface things in the software things their their software is light years better than that of foresight <clears throat> and foresight's in a tremendous hardware we have one 12 feet behind me here um if they can set something up where there is a community of golfers be it on thp social media whatever it is and you can hop in and play around with people with a with airpods and you don't need a freaking funky headset anymore connected to something you can have your airpods in and talk and chat and enjoy your round and make it a social thing my never leaving the house becomes goes a step further and I become more of a recluse because that's the dream come true, is it not? Well, I mean, you're in, the, you're in the middle of winter. Would you not love the fact that you could hop downstairs if you had a big finished basement or whatever it is and play around with your friends okay, without having so to leave? I'll, I'll challenge you on that one thing. So we show up in our sim round, right? And then our buddy much more pops in and he's rocking joggers and his digital avatar. Do you leave or do you stay? Well, okay. There's two things that are wrong with that. Number one, unfortunately, he's left-handed, and I don't play with lefties. 
Number two, yes, I leave. No, of course, that's the beauty of it. We could make his avatar a moose if we wanted to. It doesn't matter. That's the beauty of the, the sim side of things. But they have to create the simulation golf side of community and still have it be real. And that's where the golf club lacked is it was very arcade-like. Mm -hmm. uh, if you can create an actual round of golf where I'm playing the farms out in San Diego, which I've actually played this year, beautiful golf course, and I can do that with you and the other writers on THP and things like that, and we can enjoy a round or a round with THPers, that's huge. Yeah, and it's about, not here yet. It's not here yet, at least well. Well, how about the idea you can hop in with your like the the group of staff writers and collectively hit new product and talk through it together? In a, in a live condition that yes. that is insane the the ability to just casually do that without having to collect everyone which is a challenging endeavor alone like forget about the expense just just getting everyone to sync up on dates is a challenge but if it's like hey let's hop in the sim and walk through this new technology so then everyone can be educated on it uh, in a real life scenario yeah and and to be fair to the companies some of it exists already and we could do that mm. in freaking Zoom if we wanted, but it's yeah. not the same. Yeah. And I, do you, there are some companies out there that are pretty smart people. If I was a betting man, I, I would say Skytrack will get there before others when it comes to the software. Um, but there, you know, Foresight makes a really good hardware product. Uh, they have some stuff up their sleeve. I could see that some of the less expensive companies will get to this quickly, but it will be poorly integrated. And I'm speaking to Garmin and Mevo and things like that, where the software just won't line up with what we're looking for. Um, but a company that does this right will take over the indoor golf world. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it's a, it's a software company or if it's a company who currently has um, shot tracking device so mm -hmm. launch monitor in general and i said it simply because the first person to do it right from a software perspective is going to be in microtransaction heaven yeah oh without a doubt a absolutely microtransaction heaven hmm. and i want to earn a penny on every dollar they take in I mean, this obviously. is clearly That's idea awesome. yeah we're uh, should we be talking about this publicly or should we be taking this private <laughs> i mean listen I i'm down for whatever okay <laughs> um but no, that was my real question is will we will with the PGA show is it's going to be very tech forward. And I think as we hashed out the thing that's going to take over the world, we've probably let this show run quite long. Yeah, we're in a good we're in a good place. Uh, and unfortunately, the editor is very comfortable when we come in right about the hour mark. So, um, yeah. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. It's always an adventure talking to you. I know you're very forward facing when it comes to companies. And and I think it's nice for people to see the passion that comes through both here and on uh, worst golf podcast, which uh, we're looking forward to the next one on that as well. So thanks, man. I appreciate you being on here. Absolutely. I mean, final show of the year, you know, you get a week off. We, we allow one week vacation um, from doing an interview, but this was a fun one and we'll be back obviously next year with all kinds of new content. That's the goal. Um, thanks everyone for being a part of this for another year. It's been an adventure um looking forward to 24 and going down all kinds of rabbit holes trying to confuse me and you guys as we bring new guests and uh new adventures onto the show i hope you have a, a very safe happy and enjoyable holiday season get some liquor india it's probably good for you uh and if you can play golf please do it because there are a lot of us that can't uh <laughs> and and i definitely love to do that as well so 
Either way, we'll see you in 24. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network. Your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode.